high concentration of nerve endings in a really, really tiny area. And so, and this is usually the one that we find first, it's easy to reach. You know, sometimes it just brushes up against something. It feels going like, oh, okay, that felt nice. So generally speaking, this is where women access pleasure, first of all, and it forms a really strong neural pathway in the body. And is really, therefore, becomes really easy to access pleasure from. We don't need any kind of engorgement beforehand. We don't need to have all, all of our erectile tissue filled with blood. It's, it's sort of like a, a pretty easy, quick way to have an orgasm. Welcome to Weighing In on Happy, the only podcast that dives deep into discussions around weight, eating disorders, mental health, body image, intuitive eating, wellness, confidence, and so much more. Each week, you'll be coached through different stories and strategies on how to start living your best life today. So if you're ready, here's your host, Victoria Evans. This episode of Weighing It on Happy has been brought to you by my one-on-one coaching program, 90 Days to Food Freedom. If you're ready to go from defeated to empowered, learn how to listen to your body, feel confident in your skin, and stop all your food fear and guilt so that you can eat effortlessly and intuitively, then definitely check out my website at www.victoriaevansofficial.com forward slash programs where you can find out how to work with me. Now, one last thing before we hop into this amazing episode, if you could please take just two seconds on Apple to leave me a five-star review, it would mean the absolute world to me. So please do that now. Again, it just takes two seconds and I would thank you so, so much. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Wing and Unhappy. I'm Victoria Evans, an intuitive eating coach, and I'm joined today by Kristen Murray-Alexi. She's also known on Instagram as at Yonilicious. She's an inclusive sexologist that teaches courses on pleasure. She's also written children's books on sex ed. She's a podcast host of Love, Blood, Sex, and Death, and is an instructor for Yoni Massage Certifications and Sex Coaching Training. So I have Kristen here today to talk about everything self-pleasure and orgasm. So welcome back to the podcast, Kristen. I am so excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me again, Victoria. I love you and the work you do so much. I love you. I like always, it's always a mystery what you're going to post on your Instagram because you have such like educational, important knowledge that you share. And I'm just, I'm always just like, what's it going to be next? Like what my mind is going to be blown in a new way of things we don't know because we're not taught about our bodies. We're not taught about sex and pleasure and you know, especially in the community that I work with, with women, it's like pleasure is very much deprived and we feel like we have to earn the right to have the food or do the thing that is fun. It's like, oh, when I X, then I'll Y. When I lose weight, then I'll eat the food or then I'll go on the date or then I'll do the thing. And there's just so much restriction of actually feeling good and feeling like we can actually tap into our body and yeah, really, you know, access that pleasure. So so excited to talk about that with you. <laughs> Me too. And so for those who maybe not listened to our past episodes before, who don't know who you are, um, could you share a little bit about yourself as well as what is a yoni? What is that? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, a little bit on me. I have been in the field for over six years. I have um, a background in both a scientific approach to sexuality. So I studied sexology at university and then a more sort of Eastern spiritual approach to sexuality, which is more of, um, yeah, more tapping into like 
body wisdom and intuition and you know the the sciences that haven't really been explored too deeply yet that um you know that we can all feel exist in the body and in, in our sexuality you know it's so yeah I have kind of a clinical approach but then also a, a pretty body-centered pleasure-centered um feelings-based approach to sexuality and to teaching it and exploring it myself I'm still exploring and learning every day um I've been interested in this work since I was a really young I was doing yoni viewing circles when I was about six years old I was holding girl circles when I was 11 years old um I used to get when I was about 12 years old I'd get little girls to my my classmates to fill out forms on how they feel about being a girl and what it's what it means to them so this has always been a passion of mine and then in my teens I started exploring my sexuality deeply and exploring with others and going through the motions of being slut shamed but then you know feeling that it wasn't right and not understanding why um my my friends didn't feel the same way as I did so I was lucky enough to for my mom to just sort of offhandedly comment make a comment one day about how she's promiscuous and I was like what what does that mean so I looked it up in the dictionary and got the meaning as um you know essentially what I've been shamed for of being sexually liberated in sharing my sexuality with multiple people and really enjoying it so that kind of gave me permission and put everything at ease for me um, in my sexuality and then um, you know I was always kind of like the go-to person that people felt comfortable to talk about sexuality with I didn't know that this was going to be my work I was more interested in learning more because I had my own sexual fetishes some that worked really well for me some that caused a lot of problems that I wanted to understand deeper one in particular was I had an infidelity fetish so I really um I got so extremely turned on whenever I was touched on my body in a sexual way when I had a partner so you know that didn't go down so well and I I couldn't understand the psychology behind it so I really you know I dove deep into understanding what pleasure is why we respond in certain ways why we're interested in different things and learned a lot and healed a lot and um you know explored different aspects of sexuality through my my learning and then it wasn't until yet yeah, people started saying to me hey like this is your calling like I thought I was here to um you know I wanted to be a diplomat I wanted to study international relations focusing on women and wanting to change the world for women and and you know and create increase um equal rights in countries where women are suffering and I'm still sort of on that path but just very very sort of different so um yeah and I, and I wake up every day still excited about sexuality still wanting to learn more and more um and the reason why I chose yoni uh for my branding is because it's a beautiful Sanskrit term that has a lot of uh sort of sacredness um and seeing the the vulva the vagina and the womb so these are the three different sort of anatomical aspects of the yoni um seeing them as a sacred space so yoni translate to as sort of a source or origin of life so not just life that where we both children from but life in general so it's where we all came from so yeah it's a it's a it's you know it could be sort of seen as a more woo woo word it is more in the spirituality world um known better in the spirituality world but it's starting to become more and more adaptive because i think people are starting to understand that it is a sacred place and and it does deserve that kind of reverence and respect. Oh my gosh, I love that you bring in the science side of things too and I'm clearly someone who's I so believe that education is empowerment 
And so, yeah, you're like, oh, I have to understand these fetishes, understand my anatomy, understand why I have these different behaviors and these different things. And it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, that's why. And it removes so much of the shame. And I think so much around sexuality with women is shame and feeling like we shouldn't be doing things. And like I said, the slut shaming and the just so much negativity and no one really talks about it. And so even recently I learned, I was talking to Sarah, who's a mutual friend of ours and um, talking, we were talking a lot about sex and stuff. And she was actually on the podcast and we were talking about how there's seven different types of orgasms. And I was like, what is this? And what is happening? And I was like, perfect. Kristen's coming on the podcast. We're going to talk more about it. Um, so can you tell us what are the seven different types of orgasms and like, how the heck do we have those? Like, what, what does that even mean? (laughs) So I feel like what's really important to consider in when we're thinking about orgasm and orgasmic states is that the idea of, you know, seven different kinds of orgasms can kind of lead to uh, like a, like wanting to check off things off a list, right? It's like, cool, like, okay, so I am going to share with you the different sort of zones and places to access orgasmic bliss from, but um, I'd like to first sort of highlight how important it is that everybody experiences pleasure differently, everybody experiences orgasm differently and orgasmic states of bliss differently. It's very difficult to sort of gauge, you know, what your orgasms are like versus mine and, you know, it's a very subjective experience and so... What I feel really important when exploring our pleasure and expanding our pleasure that we try to take away this sort of goal-oriented approach of like, oh, I want to have that kind of orgasm. And then, you know, that kind of leaves space to feel less than if we can't um, or if we don't understand it. And it can also in itself stop us from being able to access pleasure because we're so in the mind trying to seek this particular experience and we don't, we don't pay attention to what's happening on the way. So what I feel is, is a really positive and, um, yeah, like a more sort of expansive approach to pleasure is exploring where we can find orgasmic states of bliss and not so much needing to name it as one thing or another, um, but just feeling where do I feel pleasure and how do I feel pleasure? And that allows us to open and open and open and just to be in the moment. You know, I remember doing a self-pleasure exercise that um, I learned once and I was, and this was sort of the practice of just looking for pleasure and expanding the pleasure and touching my body. And I thought the practice was going for around 20 minutes, which I felt was like a good amount of time. I was like, yeah, like that was really nice. And I checked the time and two hours had gone by and I hadn't necessarily had a, a climactic orgasm or a peak orgasm. I had just been in orgasmic bliss for hours time had completely dissolved my yoni was so engorged and um and I was just filled with sexual energy and it was so beautiful and I was like okay like yeah you know and and so I feel like and that can even then turn out to be a goal right like oh she's had that experience I want that too and I feel like you know sure like have this sort of excitement about different things we can experience but just enjoy the journey on the way there because we each have our own sensations in our body our relationship to those sensations like what's pleasurable for me may not be for you maybe for somebody else you know some people love being flogged you know for example or some people love doing blood play and that's pleasure for them and that's orgasmic for them whereas for other people it isn't so 
just remembering that pleasure is very subjective. But coming back to the original question of seven different orgasms, so we have, you know, we have a nervous system throughout our entire body that carry different signals. And the one, you know, that we kind of are mostly familiar with in a female body is the pudendal nerve and the dorsal nerve. So the dorsal nerve is what comes off the pudendal nerve and innervates the clitoris and is responsible for the pleasure experienced in the clit in the clitor uh, the glands clitoris mainly. Um, however, it is sort of it does run off through different parts of the body. And this is part of the central nervous system. So um, the pudendal nerve comes out of C2 and C4 and then turns into the, the dorsal nerve, which innervates the clitoris. And this is, you know, a profound sensation when we can feel it um, and when it feels pleasurable for us. There are, you know, some studies say 4,000, some studies say 8,000 different nerve endings in the glands clitoris coming off the dorsal nerve. So, um, you know, it's a, a high concentration of nerve endings in a really, really tiny area. And so, and this is usually the one that we find first, it's easy to reach. You know, sometimes it just brushes up against something. It feels good like, oh, okay, that felt nice. So generally speaking, this is where women access pleasure, first of all, and it forms a really strong neural pathway in the body and is really, therefore becomes really easy to access pleasure from. We don't need any kind of engorgement beforehand. We don't need to have all, all of our erectile tissue filled with blood. It's, it's sort of like a, a pretty easy, quick way to have an orgasm. For me, sometimes I have, you know, multiple orgasms from the glands clitoris within minutes. And, um, you know, it's an easy access point. And that's amazing. And I don't want to shun the glands clitoris at all. It's wonderful. It's a beautiful, important, integral aspect of pleasure. It's really great for me if I'm experiencing stress or if I'm studying or I've got a lot on for me to quickly access pleasure if I'm experiencing pain as well um, and access that sort of peak climax. However, because we aren't educated on what else is possible, all of the zones inside the yoni are oftentimes ignored um sometimes they become numb because we haven't activated those zones um or because we're comparing the sensation within the yoni with this sensation outside the yoni which is very very different um we you know because inside the yoni is where there it can be tension because there are muscles inside the yoni so sometimes there's pain or sometimes numbness from um, you know an armoring where if we've had any kind of penetrative experience that wasn't honoring for our yoni, the yoni can remember and then armor against any sort of feeling sensation. So inside the yoni, there's a lot of potential for pleasure. And however, because of our lack of education around what's accessible, as well as our sort of really strong pleasure pathways that we create through stimulating the glands clitoris, inside can sort of get forgotten. So inside the yoni, we have, you know, what's commonly known as the G spot. Um, I also like to refer to it as the bliss spot, um, which is sort of at the entrance of the yoni. When you put your finger inside the yoni, um, you know, depending on the, all anatomy types are different. It can be sort of just inside the entrance, about midway up. So sort of like one uh, third of a finger inside or half of a finger inside or even much deeper up and it sort of is that rigid feeling that you feel at the roof of your mouth that's all of that area is considered the g-spot however our particular trigger point changes from female to female but it can also change throughout our stimulation process because inside the yoni actually moves and shifts and change the more engorged we get 
And the more engorged we get, the more likely we're going to experience pleasure because all of that erectile tissue that males have, females also have. So, you know, we have homologous genital structures um, that shape differently depending on, our, on whether we're XX or XY chromosome. And so if we think about a male becoming fully engorged, you know, depending on the male, it can be a lot of meat that suddenly appears out of nowhere. Same thing happens with females is suddenly we have this beautiful big, I like to call it like a big puffy donut that is um, all of our erectile tissue filled with blood. And that can really help heighten sensation. And it also creates a barrier between the finger and the urethral channel, meaning that when that area is being stimulated, it doesn't feel so much like we need to urinate. However, for some females, it takes a really long time for that long time in comparison to males for that area to become engorged. Um, you know, it can take up to 25 minutes, up to 45 minutes. It can change during our cycle. It can change depending on the context or our, our relationship to the person. And so very, so variable. There are so many variables. So, um, you know, and oftentimes we don't give ourselves enough time for stimulation before penetration to really feel the full experience of pleasure inside the yoni. So we've got the, the G-spot. And if we go up a little bit further past the G-spot, there's the A-spot, which is um, also a sensitive area. It's You can't really feel much underneath your finger. It does feel like a little bit different. So I've got, you know, the band of muscles around the, the vaginal canal, but then we also have um, some connective tissue deeper up inside as well as sort of the mucosa that coats everything inside the vagina. Um, and so when you're sort of pressing against that, that soft tissue and mucosa, then you can feel right in front of the cervix um, a little bit of a different sensation. But this is where communication is really important when because usually you'd have to be doing this with a partner because it's hard to reach that spot um, to really find, like, what does it feel like there? And then sort of, so that's on that, they're both those spots are on the anterior wall of the vaginal canal. And then if you go behind where your finger would be behind your finger would be where the cervix would roughly be sitting. And depending on the female, depending on her arousal state is where in the vaginal canal, the, the cervix would be. So the more aroused we get, the higher up in the vaginal canal, the cervix goes. Some females naturally have a deeper vaginal canal. So the cervix deeper up inside. And then also when we're ovulating, it goes at the, the cervix is up, lifted up in the pelvic bowl as well. So there's, again, a lot of different variables, but the cervix itself is a, a pleasure center. It can also be armored. It can also be pained there. There is the vagus, vagus nerve that is in the peripheral uh, nervous system. So this nerve is activated. When this nerve is activated, we have a different feeling and sensation in the body um, it's more nourishing, it is engaging the parasympathetic nervous system. There's um, a very different sort of more opening experience when internal pleasure is felt. Whereas with the external pleasure, with the dorsal nerve and all of those concentration of nerve endings, there's more of an engagement. There's engagement of both parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. However, there's more of the sympathetic, there's more contraction. You might have noticed when you're having clitoral orgasms or stimulating your clitoris, you'll contract the lower abdomen. You'll sort of sort of bend forward. There's more contraction. Whereas when there's internal pleasure, it's more opening and more expansive. And so, and the vagus nerve, there hasn't been a huge amount of study done on it on it for pleasure and for the cervix. Um, more studies are done on when there's pain felt through pap smears, 
um, the vagus nerve being stimulated and sometimes um, sensations of feeling nauseated uh, because of that, the vagus nerve is, is responsible for the gag reflex. And so, you know, there isn't a super amount of studies on the pleasure experience through stimulating the cervix. However, there are some studies showing that females who have had any kind of spinal injury where they're no longer able to use their legs and the, the, the uh, pudendal nerve coming out of C2 and C4 have, be, have been severed. Um, and so therefore they are not able to feel pleasure with the glens clitoris. They are able to feel orgasms, feel pleasure and, ha and have orgasmic states of bliss and through stimulating the cervix because the vagus nerve is being stimulated. So, um, so the cervix is a really beautiful point of access of pleasure. And then just behind the cervix is the O spot. And this is only really exposed when we're properly aroused. So again, a, a, another reason to give ourselves adequate stimulation so that we have time for the cervix to sort of lift up in the pelvic bowl and expose the nerves behind the cervix, which is called the O spot. And that can be very, very, very pleasurable as well. Some people can feel it in different um, positions easier. Um, and then again, everyone is different, you know, and some people have different placements of their, their uterus, their womb can sometimes be shifted to the right, shifted to the left and to um, retroflex, antiflex. So, you know, again, communication, exploration, taking time and space to explore these different areas and also understanding that they're going to feel different to a new sensation is going to feel different to other sensations that we've, you have had in pleasure. So being really present with what's there and what's available. And then we have um, a urethral orgasm, so a vestibular orgasm, which can result in squirting. So coming back outside the yoni, and the entrance of the urethra, there are skin's glands beside the, the urethra, which get stimulated with internal and external stimulation, um, which can result in ejaculation, can be very pleasurable. Um, and then we also have anal orgasms. So there's a lot of yummy nerves in the perineum and in the anus that get stimulated through, um, through touching, poking, uh, massaging, vibrating um, the anus as well, and then for males, the the if we go inside the pros inside the anus, there's the prostate, and they can have non-ejaculatory and ejaculatory orgasms through massaging the prostate. And then we've also got full body orgasms, which can happen through breathing, which can happen through Kundalini awakening, which. Um, yeah, can happen through stimulating the, the genitals at the same time as breathing and feeling orgasmic sort of energy run through the entire body. And that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel like I just learned so much. Um, I can't wait to listen to this back and take notes on like everything you just said. That is, and I, I love what you said around we get really um, habituated to orgasming in a certain way. So, you know, I think yeah. a lot of times, sometimes people will think that they can't achieve different types of orgasm based off the fact that their brain is so hardwired to orgasm, like uh, through their clitoris, for example, mm -hmm. like that they think they can't necessarily achieve another way. So they don't even really try or they right. don't give themselves enough time to um, let themselves kind of like get into the pleasure and like have that mm -hmm. practice touch themselves and all those kind of things they are just like well it's not happening so I guess it won't happen for me um without giving themselves the time and the patience understanding like your brain just kind of thinks it's a certain way that we only orgasm not understanding there's 
different ways and different ways to access that pleasure. So I love how you broke that down and expanded on that because I think it's super important for us to understand our own anatomy. Totally. And I feel also what's important is like honoring what we do experience as well. You know, there are some people out there that cannot orgasm. And so, you know, if you're someone who's like, well, I could only have clitoral orgasms, like, damn, it's like, well, no, like, that's still amazing that you can have, or if you can't have clitoral orgasms, but you can always have G-spot orgasms or always have ejaculatory orgasms, like really honoring what, what your body does do for you and trusting your body. Um, but then, you know, if you have this feeling of like, yeah, but I want to see what else is out there, then exploring what else is possible because, you know, wh- why not? <laughs> Yeah. So worthy of pleasure. Right. And so yeah. when you're working with women on self-pleasure and connecting to, your, to their body, like what is the biggest issue you see that they come to you with and kind of how do you help them work through it? Yeah, totally. Uh, I feel like there are a couple of big issues that are sort of main, yeah, main problems are that there's, you know, the idea of what pleasure is sort of what we were talking about that, Um, you know, it has to be erotic and it has to be a certain way and there needs to be an orgasm. You know, there's a lot of like operating from the neck up. And so, you know, one of the ways that I feel to remedy is that is just just to understand what pleasure means to you and your body. What do you enjoy? Like, because what can happen is, you know, people – a lot of females that I know like have had sexual experiences in the past where they've been inauthentic and so then you know they've had sexual experiences that they haven't enjoyed and therefore they they create an aversion to sex and to pleasure because that it doesn't make sense to them you know it's like they're like why would I do that it's not even fun it's not even good and that is oftentimes because they haven't explored pleasure on their own they haven't explored what feels good for them they haven't used their voice and so you know, they've dishonored themselves and then they've created sort of an aversion to anything remotely close to um, pleasure and orgasmic states of bliss. And, and yeah, it's essentially um, lack of education and an inability to trust themselves that they can have, you know, voice what they need or um, that they know what they need. And then another problem is that pleasure is so low on the priority list. It's almost like it's seen as a luxury or like, oh, yeah, something that I did, like, or something that I used to do when I was young, but, like, yeah, I don't really worry about it anymore. And I feel like, you know, one of the reasons for that is that we we live in such a productive, masculine, do-focused culture, and um, that is, you know, self-pleasuring is not a part of productivity. It's not seen as a part of productivity. Pleasure isn't seen as a part of productivity. And so it's kind of, you know, hard to make something a priority when it doesn't meet that the list of what priorities should be and what we believe priorities our priorities are. And, you know, that for me is just also, again, a lack of education and understanding of the fact that pleasure is and should be a priority pleasure when we're in states of pleasure and reacting from states of pleasure, you know, we're, we're, we're so much more expanded, we're so much more open to things, we have lower levels of stress, lower levels of self-criticism, judgment towards others, you know, and stress is the main driver for, for unwell, like for, for um, dis-ease in the body. 
And so, you know, anything that we can help do to help remedy that isn't amazing. And pleasure is a really um, powerful tool to use to re reduce our stress levels. And pleasure is, yeah, and the thing is pleasure in general is, and I say it all the time, is a natural lubricant for women. So the more we can gift ourselves pleasure and honour our pleasure, the more likely we're going to be open to exploring erotic pleasure. And... You know, it's kind of hard to expect us to go from zero to 100 um, in the female body because that's just not how we work. We're, we are slow burners. We take time. Um, and so for me, it's almost like, you know, when I'm, when I'm noticing that I'm not making pleasure a priority, I just look for the little ways that I can. You know, it's like, oh, I could do this, but how about I do this first and I'll reward myself with um, doing something. So I'll be and then I'll reward myself. And I think, you know, something else that th there's a lot of fear driving people and their motivations behind what they do and why they do it. And so, you know, there's a fear that, oh, if I let go and I really relax into pleasure and um, surrender to the feminine of chaos, chaos and just non-doing, then shit's going to fall apart. And so, you know, it's something that we don't know until we try it. And for me, like I know if I, I take a week off or I go do a yin yoga class somewhere, I can just totally be I start making more money because I'm I'm suddenly not in this like forced contracted like state like the universe myself is telling me you got to chill you've got to relax like this isn't working for you anymore like how can you make how can I make things flow better for me and that's honoring the fact that I'm both young masculine do and yin feminine be Hey you guys, I just wanted to quickly hop in here and give a quick shout out to my past client, Emma. Emma said, thank you so much, Victoria. I didn't ever think it was possible to get through the day without fixating on food and my body. It felt like from the moment I woke up, all I could think about was the food, the food and the body. Yep, I basically would roll out of bed, look in the mirror, decide everything that needed to go that day, and then try to starve myself for as long as possible. This inevitably led to binge eating, which I didn't know was because of the restriction at the time until we worked together, but I was so frustrated with myself. I was so angry that I always felt like I was self-sabotaging and out of control. I was absolutely stuck in a cycle. After working with Victoria, I understand what that cycle was. I understand why I felt I had to restrict, why I had to lose weight in order to be lovable. I know that I am so much more than a body now. I finally have food freedom and I couldn't be happier. Thank you so, so much, Victoria. I could not recommend this woman more emphatically. Thank you so much, Emma, for that amazing feedback. And now back to the episode. So good. And like, I think of those as well, like the way, because I have to, because I'm someone who's so, have been so been my masculine that I need to almost like use that as a way to access my feminine in the sense, like <laughs> I understand it the way of, um, if I don't make pleasure a priority, I'm going to burn out because for me, pleasure has so much to do with working through stress and tapping into my feminine and letting things flow and letting things be pleasurable and enjoyable. And if I'm only just ticking things off the list and just like pushing myself and going, 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 I end up just being exhausted and depleted. And then I can't do anything successful when I'm in that state. When I'm just like completely exhausted, I have no energy to do anything. Like I'm not 
being my best coach. I'm not like, I'm not being a best self. I'm not showing up well on calls, you know? And then, like you said, that really comes back to your business and financial and overall, just like your happiness and well being, right? Mm-hmm. And so making pleasure a priority <laughs> should be the priority because it literally everything else falls into place when we decide that we're worthy of that pleasure. Totally. 100%. And I feel like it can be so much easier than we think, you know, sometimes the mind can get involved and be like, oh, like you don't have time for that. And what about this? And you should do this first. And does that mean you're going to do like a one hour, like Johnny egg preparation exercise? Like it doesn't have to be that difficult. Like for me, just the little pleasures, you know, I start allowing, if I allow myself little pleasures, big pleasures follow. So, you know, if I say to myself, all right, I might just go lay down in the sun, like have a, have a lunch break, go lay in the sun for a bit, dive in the ocean and then come back up. And then I'll go down, lay in the sun. I'll moan the entire time the sun is on my skin or I'll be like, oh, like, that's right. Like I can, you know, I can give myself more than what these little portions that I, that I, that I give myself. But at least that's like a step in the right direction when I do give myself pleasure. Or if I'm not connecting with my partner, I'll be like, okay, it's been a few days since we have been intimate and don't put any pressure for penetration, orgasm, for making out, for anything like that. I'm just going to put some essential oils on my neck because I love smelling yummy and I'm going to lay on Jesse and we're just going to lay there together and have that intentional space made like whenever it might be. And then that'll usually lead to making out some kind of sexual play. But it's almost like, yeah, taking those little steps of like, it's I'm not going to do some huge big thing that's, you know, going to take away all my time in the world. Like I'm just going to do this thing for myself that I like to do and then see and then see where it goes. And if you do it and the whole time you're like, yeah, actually I've got to fucking go, like I can't do this, then at least you've tried. Um, I know this even just this morning I woke up and I was like, I think I'm tired. I'm going to do a meditation, see if I fall back asleep. And I did a meditation and I could barely, so I do yoga nature meditation um, and I could barely concentrate on what I had to do, what, what the meditation was. Cause I was like, actually I've got a million things I have to do. I'm going to come back to this later this afternoon once I do do all those things. So, you know, it's not, it doesn't mean like that it'll always work when you try, but at least if you give yourself the time to do it, it might be the perfect time. Um, and you've at least given it a go. If that makes sense. Yeah. I love that. No, it makes total sense. And I like to think about that as well. And like for so many different things, I think so often we fall into this trap of thinking it has to be all or nothing. Like either yeah. I set aside an hour and I do all the pleasure or I don't do any at all versus like you said, having those like little moments. And I like to think about it as having like a minimum baseline of like, okay, I'm just going to spend like, you know, for me, even like, I'm going to spend two minutes writing today. And like, and then that's my baseline. If I go over that awesome, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, I'm going to sit down for an hour and like write or do whatever. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. But for me, it's like okay, I hit that kind of minimum that I makes me feel good. I know I was taking care of myself prior to me. If it continues to expand, amazing. And if it doesn't, then like, that's awesome. And I think that's how we need to think about pleasure. It doesn't have to be the big dramatic things. It can be the little tiny moments and just honoring that and letting it continue on if it feels good. But if not, like you said, you can come back to it later and not make it be a big deal. Right. I love that. That's such a good way to look at it. It's beautiful. Yeah. And so how do we create a self-pleasure practice and kind of why is, and we've talked about kind of why it's really important, but you know, how do we really create it? We've kind of touched on kind of like little ways to connect with ourselves, but what does it kind of look like? So I, uh, I've got a a free self-pleasure 
uh, sorry, pleasure profile tool on my website, which is pretty much a tool to go through everything that's pleasurable for you, understand um, how to communicate it if you're, you know, not in self-pleasure, but to communicate with a partner, um, really kind of take a good look at what is pleasurable for you and then start looking at how you can implement that in your life. And, um, you know, for me, I know when it, it becomes a priority. So I can't sort of tell somebody else when it's a priority or, or nudge somebody, but it's going to, it, you're going to know when you need to stop and to allow yourself to live and enjoy your life, you know, otherwise what the what is the point of being here? And so there might be some people listening to this who are like, yeah, like I usually like give myself a bath and I body brush and I do, you know, a few things a week. Like I'm cool with like, like my self-pleasure practice, but maybe I could like learn some things and do this pleasure profile tool and, and, um, and expand upon it. But there might be some people here like who are listening who are like, I have no idea where to begin. Um, I would say begin with the, the tool and then work from there because you'll have it all sort of written out for you and you'll be like, cool. Yeah, I really enjoy it when I am tied up. That makes me feel really relaxed and I get into subspace. Maybe I'll go buy some rope and tell my partner how I like being tied up. You know, just having it out there ready to read, ready to communicate or to explore. Um, and then also on there, on the pleasure profile tool, there's a, a section about like, does, does your pleasure change of your cycle? So for those who are, are menstruating, just taking note of how it can change and what is pleasurable for you. So for me, in the premenstrual phase, I do not like being kissed, but you know, that could be really hard for my partners to understand. So instead I said to them, babe, if you want to show me that you love me, support me, care about me, and you know, maybe, maybe even eventuate into some kind of lovemaking give me a massage or ask me what I need to have done before I bleed so I can rela relax and rest while I bleed, start prepping meals for me for when I bleed or ease the premenstrual tension out of my body through massage. Like that is going to give me pleasure, um, you know, and so looking at what pleasure means to you, looking at how to implement it, uh, self-pleasure practice. You know, if you're in a partnered relationship, sometimes self-pleasure can get put on the wayside and you know while I don't think that's a terrible thing um, if you're ex at least experiencing pleasure um, it can the the benefits of self-pleasuring while in a relationship is that you stay connected to your body you understand where your body's at you can even find out new things about your body and um, you know especially for those people who aren't experiencing satisfaction in their partnered sex but do when they're in their um, self-pleasure practice, then, you know, it's really important to still maintain that practice. And I know a lot of people tend to stop doing their self-pleasure practice because A, because they are getting lots of sex or B, because they feel like they're cheating on their partner or like they shouldn't, they, their partner should be able to fulfill all of their desires. And, you know, both, both of those two things aren't rooted in necessarily rooted in truth because yeah while you might be getting lots of sex from your partner it doesn't mean you're having your own inner exploration on your own so you can't really substitute one for another when they're different things and then second of all you know having out having pleasure with ourselves is 
got nothing to do with our partner. It's got nothing to do with what they can and can't do for us necessarily. Um, so, and then if we're on our own and we're not making self-pleasure practice and um, or a priority, then one thing that I know help, helps me and has helped um, people that I work with is having some kind of tool so, or investing in something because then you're like, okay, like I've spent money or I have this thing, how about I give it a try? So, um, you know, finding, uh, like I've got a really delicious tool that I use that unfortunately isn't, is no longer available. But I'm going I'm to find out how it's originally it's called the mango juicer. So if you look up that, you might find something similar somewhere. Um, I love using that tool, you know, and so it's like, I'm and for me you know it's a penetrative tool so I know that I want to be nice and juicy before I put anything inside my yoni um so I give my give myself self pleasure time to self-pleasure before I use that tool or using a yoni egg as sort of a sacred ritual or buying some sort of like there's a happy breast balm is a really beautiful breast balm that's really uh, beneficial for breast health it has iodine in it and also has some yummy essential oils the woman who created it um had breast cancer and is passionate about breast health. So doing something like body brushing the breast and having the breast oil next to your bed. I, I personally do that every night because I know at least I've given something to myself if I didn't all day or I get Jesse to do it for me. So yeah, using different, different things that we invest our money into or invest time into maybe doing a, a program or a course that I've got. Um, I've got a seven day self pleasure challenge on my website there's also a Know Your Pleasure program, so and they're super affordable. So maybe buying a program that helps you with ideas and challenges to do, so you can get into the practice of using of making pleasure a priority and self pleasure um, a priority. And then yeah, also looking at your blockages, like what's stopping you? Because what's stopping you is going to be different to what's stopping me. And so really yeah assessing like where am I at with pleasure what are my beliefs around pleasure what is what is stopping me from making this a part of my life and you know the reason and I know we sort of touched on why it's important but another reason that I feel is important is that you know sex, sexual health is a human right and sexual satisfaction is a part of sexual health so you know essentially if we're not giving ourselves that we're not accessing something that we have a birthright to if we, you know, when we're in utero, we touch our genitalia. When we're born, as soon as we can, we reach our genitalia. We're beings of pleasure. We go towards pleasure. We go away from pain. And why are we going to stand in our own way of our right to pleasure? Like, what is it that has what has happened? What has happened for you? What has happened in your life? What is happening now? I know for somebody that I spoke to once, she used to have to confess every time she self-pleasured. So she had a lot of shame and guilt around self-pleasuring. Um, because she used to tell, you know, some fucking old man in a, some church, like, of course there's going to be a blockage around pleasure if you've had to do something like that. So, yeah, becoming responsible and sexually intelligent on what, what pleasure means to you and why you're not giving yourself access to it. Mm, and I'm going to link those below so you can easily access the challenge and the tools and everything because Great. so it's so important to do this. Like, you know, when people come to me and there's like, oh, they have a food issue, the body issue at the core of it, it's this lack of believing you're enough as you are and feeling worthy and like food and body is just kind of a manifestation of that. And so something like a self-pleasure practice is such a big stamp of like, 
I'm worthy of pleasure. I am good enough. I'm worried of taking this time to connect to myself. And that just has so many ripple effects across your entire life. When you feel connected to who you are, intuitive eating is connecting to what you intuitively know. And that all comes back to connecting to your body. And so a self-pleasure practice is so, so, so important, you guys. Like I cannot emphasize that enough. Um, it will change your life if you let it. So I'm so glad that you shared that. And then you have all these amazing tools to really help us do that as well. I love that so much what you said. That was a really beautiful way to share that. And I feel just lastly to add on to that is like for some people, you know, some people have a lot of stress in their life and their libido is like zero. And I feel like, you know, the idea of self-pleasure brings it into like the idea that has to be erotic and sexual. So just remembering like giving yourself pleasure in general, whatever form that is in is going to be nourishing and healing and um, and should be a priority. So, yeah, just wanted to add that in there for those sisters who are like, yeah, oh, those people listening are like, yeah, I don't want to have sex. Why are you making me feel like I should um, when it's not, yeah, it's not about having, having sexual pleasure solely, you know. It's also just, yeah, giving yourself time for pleasure. Yeah, like I know for me, like on days I'm, so exhausted and stressed out like you literally just be like going outside and sitting in the sun for five minutes like exactly. and feels pleasurable and just feeling the warmth on my skin or maybe that is just having a warm cup of tea sitting on the couch curled up and like reading your book you know like it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. something like you said sexual or for me like you know taking a warm shower before bed I find very pleasurable very relaxing a way I can kind of slow down and like feel into what was going on that day and just let myself kind of turn off a little bit like to get to sleep and shut my brain down a little bit um so yeah like you said finding what's good for you finding things that are pleasurable and not judging yourself around it and not carrying that kind of guilt or shame that you're doing it right or wrong like just tapping into right. what feels good you know yeah yeah 100 percent and so the question that I ask all my guests, um, you know, if we had to weigh in on one thing that makes us happy, and this is totally subjective, so you can't do this wrong, um, what makes you happy? <laughs> it's funny that, yeah, they ask that because, and I know this is, there's a lot of focus on food on this podcast. I, um, like, food for me is is sex. Food for me is a reason to get out of bed. Food for me is, like why I want to travel the world food for me is like why I want to meet with friends like I love breaking bread with friends I love cooking for a loved one I love eating I love tasting I love chewing I love swallowing like I fucking love food and so that's like if I'm having a migraine episode or um a shitty time or whatever like I'm like actually like that's right there's like such things truffle oil in the world life is worth living for seriously 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 that's like and that's how I actually reward myself with a migraine I'll be like I'm gonna fucking eat I'm going to Japanese for lunch today like I have a migraine I had to experience that like I'm just going to splurge. I'm going to buy whatever the fuck I want and eat because, yeah, I get so much pleasure out of it. And if I really love food, I'll be moaning through the entire meal like it's sex. I, I had, we had yummy 
cakes for morning tea this morning and I was just moaning the entire time. So yeah, food. <laughs> Did I say food? <laughs> I, yeah, was it food? Um, I love that so much. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it would be fun and enjoyable and pleasurable like things like moaning like so we food can so often become this like robotic transaction whereas like off limits or have to eat a certain way and it's like right it can be really friggin pleasure like pleasurable and you can I know for me I'm like yeah. making noises like oh, this is so good and like letting it be that way and not this like you know I have to eat exactly this and that like food is delicious and it should be delicious yeah. and you shouldn't judge yourself for that. so I love that so much and so <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, so Instagram, I've got uh, at Yonilicious. Um, there's a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of content. So if you're in the mood to like read and search through a lot of content, um, that's there. There's also some videos on there as well. I've got a YouTube channel, which is also Yonilicious, which is the white and gold logo. Apparently there's two of us, um, which is, you know, if you're feeling just like, having a cup of tea and listening to me and other people that I speak to talk about sexuality you can find me on there um my website there's a ton on my website yonilicious.com.au um there's even a quiz on there that you can do to sort of take you to where you need to go on the website but there's just so much awesome stuff on there and I'm also I've started a magazine called nude news magazine which um has you know there's a search option and there's um so you can sort of search articles I've only just started so it's not um fully filled out yet but it's only weeks away until it will be and I'm going to have an encyclopedia so everything that I've written on Instagram I'm going to be able to put on in the magazine and you'll be able to search for it easier um and then also be obviously like uncensored because I have to censor the way I write on Instagram but everything yeah is on Instagram ready now if if people are wanting to have a look now, um, yeah, they're sort of my main places. Also, if you're a Facebook, more of a Facebook person, I've got a Facebook page, which is also just Yonilicious. Um, that's about it. Yeah. Oh my God. So many good things. I'm so excited about that magazine. <laughs> that's fabulous. Yeah. Um, and I think that's so smart because you have so much wisdom on your Instagram, but it's hurt to like it's Instagram is just yeah. not a great surgeon right so if I want to find more squirting for example it's like I can't just search that so the fact you put exactly. a search option through like a magazine like I love this so everything is going to be hyperlinked below so you guys can easily follow Kristen do the different tools do the self-pleasure things everything that we talked about and I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today I'm super excited to hear and uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be connecting again to have you back on the podcast for even more amazing content. Sweet. Thanks for having me, beautiful. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, then I invite you to please rate and review on Apple. It means so much to me and I would so appreciate you. Now, if you're interested to learn more about my one-on-one coaching program, 90 Days to Food Freedom, then please check out my website at www.victoriaevansofficial.com forward slash programs where you can learn more about how to work with me. And if you're not already following me on Instagram, please do. It's at Victoria Evans official. Definitely shoot me a DM. I'm always doing little trainings, giving little tips as well as sharing my stories. So I'd love to have you there. Oh, and I'm always dancing. (laughs) 
And last thing before you go, if you haven't already, I would love for you to join my food for thought daily email. So every single day I send right to your inbox, journal prompts, affirmations, and little bits of information and cool facts about food and body freedom. So if you want to sign up for that, it's totally free. Head on over to my website, www.victoriaevansofficial.com forward slash food for thought sign up. So it's food for thought sign up at the end of my website. And of course, all this will be below for you in the show notes. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.